0: series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy from recipe favourites to biscuit chat.
1: So Matty, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Absolutely. My name is Matty. Uh, I'm a fabulous chef from Cambridge, I believe is what we agreed to say. And um, I run Matty Makes Munch.
1: Which is a fabulous food blog and will be linked in the description. So have a look right now. Please do. Okay, so what did you have for supper last night?
2: So dinner last night was actually really good. We, um, I was at my girlfriend's yesterday and it, we have what we call Fearless Fridays. Um, so it, it's called Fearless Fridays because at the end of the week, everyone's just a bit savage and a bit sarcastic and anything goes really. <laughs> and um, we decided to have an impromptu burger night. Um, kicked off by um, Amy's mum sitting there going, a really fancy a burger and just automatically. I was like, yeah, I could really sink my face into a massive burger. <laughs> so half seven at night, Amy and I rush into the supermarket buying sesame seed rolls and onion rings and salt and, pes- salt and pepper chips um, whilst her dad was making us homemade burgers and stuff. And then we just had this gigantic feast of... um of just everything burgers with cheese and lettuce and, and onions onion rings salt and pepper chips it was just amazing I ate oh, two yeah, massive burgers good
1: effort.
2: it was a it was a good effort I struggled for about two hours afterwards I think I sat on the sofa <laughs> and just just almost fell asleep about 20 times I was stuffed <laughs> but it was so good
1: also a good effort that you didn't order it and you actually made it
2: well we did it's really bad when we said burgers the first thing we did check was if the um one of the local burger vans that's popular around Cambridge was in the village. Had it been in the village, we might have been tempted to go down and, uh, and buy them. But no, it's <laughs> not to it. Um, oh. Andy's got these spice mixes, I think from, I can't remember the company, I think it's like JD Seasonings or something. And any opportunity he has to use them, he's like, oh yeah, let's do it. So um, so we had these this burger spiced burgers. And they were spot on, really nice.
1: Sounds fantastic.
2: Oh, so good. So good.
1: Okay, so what was your favourite kind of food while you were growing
2: up? Um, It's a tricky one because when I was younger, I was very fussy. Um, There was a lot of stuff I wouldn't eat. So, for example, when I was younger, I wouldn't go near bacon, which is, you know, everyone's like, people that know me now, they're like, oh, my God, you didn't eat bacon. I'm like, no, I wouldn't touch it. I think probably one of my favourite things was, though, um, my mum used to work night shifts, so my dad and I would go and drop her off and then on the way back would stop at a fish and chip shop
1: oh, really?
2: uh, in Cambridge on Milton Road called The Viking, uh, still going, and I always had a fish cake from there. And for some reason, it's just one of those things I always looked forward to on a Friday night. Um, it wasn't anything special, don't get me wrong, it's not like a fancy fish cake, it's just one of those cheap fish, so- fish shop style fish cakes. Yeah, but, but it's just a childhood it. memory. Yeah, exactly, and like, and and these days when I make fish cakes and even buy them from the shop and stuff, they're one of my go-to because they just—I don't know—I just love them. I think they're great.
1: Also, don't feel bad for not liking bacon. I didn't like bacon until about five years ago.
2: Oh, well, there you go. I mean, it was like, yeah, I remember the first time I tried it was at my uncle's house, I believe. And even he was in a state of shock going, oh my God, I can't believe you don't like bacon. And like, I was getting really aggy with my mum <laughs> as if it was her fault. Um, but it's safe to say I now love the stuff and probably run off it. I'm probably about 50% bacon, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I now, apparently, my father doesn't call it bacon the amount I cook it. Um, I like it so crispy that it can snap. It's not burnt. Oh, yeah. But it needs to be able to snap, because otherwise I'm like, not sure.
2: I can understand, especially like the streaky bacon. You definitely have to be able to snap that. But then Amy cooked me some bacon earlier... And it was back bacon, and I've no idea how she done it, but she done it so that the fat was really nice and like rendered and crispy, but the actual mm. bacon part itself was still soft. And I was like, I have no idea how you've done that, but that is the best I've ever had. And she was like, even I've got no idea. And I was like, cool, <laughs> we'll just pretend that never happened then because bacon will never be the same.
1: Oh, I was gonna say, Amy, tell me your secrets. Like- yeah,
2: but she, yeah, this is it. She needs to tell everyone her secrets. She needs to set up her own food page so she can share her bacon secrets.
1: My whole page would just be bacon.
2: Yeah, oh, that'd be amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what is your current favourite kind of food?
2: Anything to do with breakfast. Yeah? I am down for anything to do with breakfast. They say it's the most important meal of the day. I'll back that up. I couldn't agree more. Um, Whether it's something as simple as, you know, sourdough with butter and jam or American-style pancakes with fruit and yoghurt, full English fry-up, anything that's served and labelled as a breakfast or a brunch, I'm there as long as it doesn't have avocado on it.
1: Controversial. Actually,
2: very controversial. I, I, avocado, no, is my saying. I do not like avocado, can't stand it.
1: Is it the texture? Yeah, brunch,
2: actually? minus it.
1: <laughs> is it the texture you don't like, or the flavour?
2: Uh, I think it's the flavour. It just tastes really? like... It, it just tastes like watery green. I'm not really sure how to describe <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> great i mean i prefer brunch over breakfast because you can put For more sure. effort into it yeah but, all right brunch is absolutely fabulous and um every time i hear brunch i think brunch in pairs um shout out to brunch in pairs previous right. podcast guests um yeah she's fabulous and if you don't already follow her you should because she's fab i will she is so good like the amount of reviews for London, every time I go now, I'm like, I have so many places that I want to go to. So, um, sorry, we're going to have to go here.
2: <laughs> I think anywhere that sells, you know, like there's so many brunch places in London as well. I feel like I just need to move to London for a year and have brunch <laughs> in a different place every day. And I still probably wouldn't get around everywhere that sells brunch,
1: but no. that's fine by me. <laughs> Why don't you try Cambridge every day, every day brunch?
2: Oh. That's true. There's a lot of good places in Cambridge for brunch, to be fair. Let
1: me know how that goes. I will. Okay, so what is your current favourite place or restaurant you like to eat at?
2: I have a couple of answers for this one because I feel like there's different times to go out to eat. So for breakfast and brunch, for example, there's an American diner uh, along the A14 called Herbie's. Uh, it sits in what used to be a little chef. And then I think someone tried to run a fish and chip shop out of it. And then Paul Herbert and his wife, Claire, bought it. And that is phenomenal. I love it. I love in the, in the decor inside is, is proper American diner. There's the blues playing in the background. There's photos of Cadillacs and stuff and license plates on the wall. And they just do big, port, like big proper American portions of brunch. So for that, love it. Uh, good old-fashioned English pub meal there's a small village called Clayhive near me and they have a pub called the bridge. I think it's called the bridge. That's going to be really embarrassing if I've got that wrong. <laughs> um, and they're a chain. Uh, I can't remember what chain they're a part of one, maybe chef and brewer or something like that. Um, but for just good fashion, cheap pub grub, love it. Um, we went there for our anniversary this year, actually, and it was just really nice. It was exactly what we wanted. And then I think everyone's got to have a favorite coffee shop. Yeah. And mine is a little independent coffee shop called Elk, which is in Burwell. And I, I first went to Elk last year and I was just blown away with it all. I just, mm-hmm. the food they do is fantastic. Their cakes are supplied, I think, by two different local bakers. Um, one focuses purely on gluten free and vegan, and the other one just focuses on everything else. Um, but their hot drinks and their milkshakes and stuff are phenomenal. I love them to pieces. And they're just a really nice bunch of people as well.
1: Oh, well, thank you for those. If I'm ever in Cambridge, I'll yeah, check try them out. out. Um, I mean, I'm completely going off track, but if anyone's listened to this podcast before, they know I do that constantly. Um, but what that reminded me of, the American Diner, we used to have a chain of them in Northamptonshire. And sadly, they are no more. Oh. They were a um, got wiped out by COVID, um, but they were an American-style diner chain called Buddies. Oh right, okay. And they were fab. Um, we didn't go there very often, but you know when, you know when your mother's out of town or something, um, and yeah. your dad's like, I don't want to cook, so yeah. let's go out. And then you you think, where are you going to take children? Yeah, an American-style diner. Of
2: course, yeah. Why wouldn't you? To be fair.
1: So, yeah, I have so many memories of just being like, yeah, let's go there.
2: <laughs> and I think the thing I like about Herb's as well is, like, I became such a regular customer that I became really good friends with Paul and Claire, the owners, that's to so the lovely. point where I actually have a burger on their menu as well. So no <laughs> a friend of mine was there the other day. I mean, I knew it was on there because they said to me, they said, can we – they saw something on Instagram. They are like, can we use this? Absolutely, as long as you call it Matty's Fish Burger. And they're like, no that's way. fine a friend of mine Leon was there um, and he sent me a photo going is this named after you and I was like absolutely 100% I felt like a celebrity in my own right and um, even my own dad went in there for breakfast with some of his friends saw it on the menu and went is that named after you and I was like better believe it dad
1: (laughs) (laughs) now that is acclaimed fame
2: in it if you're in Cambridge and you want a decent fish burger Matty's Fish Burger Herbie's American Diner get on it (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> absolutely okay so what is a kind of food that you used to dislike and now you do like
2: so we've already spoke about bacon <laughs> and I'm glad I'm not alone on that one however the next the most controversial one and I think a lot of people that know me and have met me for Instagram are not going to believe me when I say this but up until about four years ago I did not like steak in no any way. way shape or form I, I just, I've I'd, I'd never had a good experience with it. I would never order it when I was out because of the bad experiences. And um, it wasn't until my now ex-head chef, but good friend, Chris uh, Chris Lawrence,son he cooked a steak at work and he said, Matt, do you want to try? I was like, no, I don't like steak. And he was like, I'll cook you a proper steak and you try it and tell me what you think. I was like, oh, okay. So I watched him <laughs> and he showed me the do's and the don'ts and he taught me how to rest them properly. And I was hooked like that. In, those, in the last four years, I've been making up for the previous 22 years of not eating steak, let's put it like that.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's good. I mean, yeah, who doesn't want to steak? I mean...
2: Well, this is it. I mean, I used to know people, I, I knew a girl once who I worked with in Peterborough who mm. would eat um, steak cubes, like chuck steak cubes for cooking Oops. raw out of the bag. And I was Hello. always like, girl, oh life. God, what is that? He's disgusting. Bearing in mind, I wouldn't touch even cooked steak or anything. And now I'm just like, oh, give me all the steaks, sirloins, ribeyes, <laughs> fillets, just bring them. I'll eat them all.
1: Great answer. <laughs> okay. So what is your current favourite vegetable?
2: Much to my uh, girlfriend's dislike, it's red onion. <laughs> I love red onion. Well, actually, I love all onions in in general. I think they can just really make a dish sing. Mm -hmm. But red onion is so versatile You can have it as a salad You can cook with it You can do deep fried onion rings with it It's so sweet but so punchy But the only issue is It makes me smell (laughs) My breath stinks after it And I'm forever reminded When I eat red onion in front of my girlfriend She'll just sniff And just give me this utterly disgusted look And I'm like I'm really sorry But in the back of my head I'm not sorry Because I enjoyed every minute of it
1: (laughs) amazing <laughs> i thought you're gonna be like oh because I'm not sure it agrees with me but no it's because she doesn't like the smell of it, it
2: just makes my breath smell <laughs>
1: <laughs> great answer okay so in your opinion what is the most overrated food
2: so i don't want people coming at me for this on instagram i'm really sorry i'm probably gonna upset a lot Good of people enough. with this one especially chefs all the chefs that i follow because every chef i know personally can make one of these really well however i think the most overrated dish or overrated food item is a beef wellington really i just don't get the point of it <laughs> if you're going to have a if you can have a fillet of beef why are you going to wrap it in mushrooms and pancakes and pastries why not just have a decently pan fried bit of fillet steak Why have you got to wrap it up in all mushrooms? I don't like mushrooms to begin with. Pancakes are for brunch and syrup. And puff pastry is better used for cheese straws, if you ask me. I just don't like it. What's the point? (laughs) (laughs) I can appreciate a good one. And there are a lot of good ones. Um, I've seen a lot of good ones. And a lot of them have a lot of work into it. And they're very pretty. And yes, they taste great. But I just I never do it for myself because I don't see the point of putting that much effort into it. Mm.
1: I can't wait for that poll.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We should yeah, let's do a poll on it. I mean I'm interested to see. I know everyone loves eating them and I know a lot of chefs like making them, but I just I I just don't get the hype.
1: I'll let you know the statistics.
2: Yeah, please do.
1: (laughs) Okay. And what do you think is an underrated food?
2: Ham sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> And when I say that, I mean, there's something so beautiful about just a nice, simple ham sandwich. So my go-to is tiger bread, a loaf of tiger bread with a thick amount of like room temperature salted butter. And then, you know, the ham that you can buy from the shops and it comes in essentially an envelope on cardboard, not yeah. like the, the little wafer ham, but like the proper nice kind of supermarket quality, but still good ham. That in a tiger bread butter sandwich is perfect and is my go-to food for when I'm sad, for when I'm happy, for when I'm just needing a snack or a pick-me-up or something like that. And a lot of people, when I say that to them, they're like, that's just a bit boring, but it's not to me. It's just, it's perfect.
1: No, I agree with you. Tiger bread and salted mm. butter.
2: Mm.
1: Great. Phenomenal. Ham. Yeah, I agree with you on that.
2: We'll, we'll take it. If you want to make it even better, just a bit of whole grain mustard on that as well
1: agreed agreed do you put mayo in it or is that weird
2: um i have had mayo in it before to me mayo and butter in a sandwich is a bit of a no-go area again (laughs) i think it's just a bit pointless but that's just me personally but i wouldn't say no if someone said to me matty here's your dream sandwich but i put a bit of mayo in it i'm not going to say no i'll still (laughs) smash that
1: great that was a really good answer now i really want a ham sandwich you're welcome Okay so who is your current favourite chef?
2: My favourite chef has to be um, it has to be Daniel Clifford who owns is the chef patron at um chef patron I don't know what they call it but he basically owns and runs Midsummer House in Cambridge mm. which is a two Michelin star restaurant. Um, it's a beautiful little house that runs along the river and is on Midsummer Common and it just sits by itself and it looks really mm-hmm. out of place. It's like you know, when you see houses on the motorway that just refuse to move for the building of the motorway, it kind of just looks out of place. But when you walk past it, you can see nods to the fact that it is one of the UK's top restaurants. Yeah. I've never been personally, um, but I would love to. It's definitely on my list to do. And I have so much respect for him as a chef because he actually interacts with me on Instagram as well. So sometimes i will sent him dishes that I've made of his recipes and he'll reply and, 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 He's got time for people like me, younger chefs. Um, And some of the stuff he does is phenomenal. He's got a couple of dishes on his menus that continuously run, but he always updates them and improves them every year and modernizes them. Um, So for example, he's got a scallop, he's got, sorry, a scallop and apple dish. And I don't know how many different versions I've seen of it, but he's just continuously updating it. And I, I just love what he does. I think it's fantastic. And Mark Abbott, his head chef and, and all the other chefs on his brigade, there's quite a few of them. and they're just all brilliant.
1: Well, thank you for those. I'm definitely going to do a deep dive now because I'm intrigued, so they sound lovely, and that is amazing. The power of Instagram, I always say it, but it is forever bringing people together. I know so many people say it's a day.:, dangerous... I'm
2: losing you. I can't hear what you're saying. You're um, frozen.
1: Can you hear me now?
2: Hello. Are you back? Hi. Oh. Can you hear me? i can hear you now
1: hi perfect Hello. right yeah i think my signal might be dodgy um so what i was saying was you know how instagram is supposedly sometimes a very toxic place i do think that yeah. it brings foodies together yeah it does in an amazing way because like, i can you wouldn't of, have um, had that
2: no exactly and to have it sounds stupid but to have direct access to such a such a well known chef as well, like just to message him. And I know, you know, people that are famous and stuff, they get a lot of inboxes and stuff, they just ignore him. But he actually opened it and read it and replied. And I was like, actually, I, I really respect that. Very cool. It is very cool.
1: Okay. So, what was the last cookbook or recipe you enjoyed using?
2: So, uh, not so much. I haven't used it yet because it only turned up two days ago. But I've recently just taken uh, delivery of James Martin's new book called Butter. Oh. Um, I pre-ordered it a couple weeks ago, totally forgot about it, and then came home to an Amazon uh parcel sitting on the side. And I was like, oh, I think I know what that is. And I opened it up and it's just this most beautiful book uh with butter just across the front in gold letters. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna love this already. Um so I've been reading through that. It teaches you the basics of how to make butter itself, then flavoured compound butters. And then everything from cakes to pastries to croissants and all that sort of stuff. So I'm looking forward to diving into that, wasting some time and spending a lot of money on dairy products to give it a go.
1: I fully support that. I can't wait to see all of the...
2: (laughs) We'll see how it goes, for sure.
1: I'm also glad you are a cookbook fan. I love a cookbook.
2: I've got quite a few cookbooks. Yeah, it's becoming a bit of a habit, a bit of an expensive habit
1: expensive but also sometimes you can be like oh what about this for my birthday
2: for example uh, that is exactly what I do I drop subtle hints on my um, on my Instagram if a new book <laughs> comes out I'll put it on the stories and I'll be like oh this looks nice just in the hope that someone might pick it up and buy it and it has happened before so my girlfriend bought me a um, a twisted cookbook um oh, yeah. a friend of mine sent me Tom Kerridge's cookbook when she saw it on my stories and then um Amy's mum and dad bought me uh, another Tom Kerridge cookbook as well because I shared it to my story. So I was like, I'll see how this works. Hopefully if I share it, people will buy me it.
1: <laughs> exactly. I agree with that. Okay, so now for your controversial question. Cool. So which is your favourite ring on the hob?
2: The biggest one.
1: <laughs> and why?
2: I don't care. You know, and And I tell you... I find it much more easy to control the heat when cooking. Um, on my hob that I use, the biggest one's at the front as well, so I'm not having to lean over boiling pans and scold my arm and burn my arm hair off, but also because it can get the hottest when you're cooking stuff like steak and chicken, you can get that really nice caramelization on a really hot skillet. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's a flavour that you can't you can't fake with seasonings and spices and stuff like that, so... If you can get a nice char on your food from a really hot pan from a really big um hob ring, you're laughing.
1: Completely agree. Great mm. answer. Okay, now on to the final meal. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I should use that from now on, just have that as a sound effect.
2: <laughs> oh, you can have that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's your final meal ever. You have no boundaries on how much you can eat. What will you be having and why? So what is your starter or starters of
2: choice? So starter of choice would have to be find the biggest plate that you can find wherever in the world and just fill it with crispy chicken wings that have been tossed in a gochujang jam. So They're nice and hot, smoky, chilly, fiery with a nice blue cheese and sour cream dip. That's all I want. That will be my starter. As much of that as I can get. And I'll wash it down with some porn star martinis, I think.
1: Great plan. Absolutely. Any other starters?
2: Um, I mean, if you want to throw in some garlic bread and some onion rings like a classic pub, I'm not going to say no, but chicken wings any day of the week. It doesn't even have to be chicken wings. It could be chicken strips, chicken tenders. As long as it's some form of moist fried chicken, I'm sold.
1: Okay, great plan. And how are we having the garlic bread?
2: Oh, do you mean cheese or no cheese?
1: Well, I meant bread type. Um, oh,
2: bread type. So I mean, let's like say crispy. I think you know you I get guess. those part baked, but you get those part baked bread rolls that yeah. people have at Christmas and stuff like that. The best thing ever is to get them and slice into them and stuff them with garlic bread, as uh, garlic butter, and then bake them. That's the best garlic bread ever.
1: I'm gonna ever.
2: try that. Gotta try it.
1: I'm so drawing that.
2: Do it, do it. Let me know.
1: Any other starters? Or you oh,
2: done? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there is, but off the top of my head, I feel like I've stuffed myself enough just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we'll stick with that for now.
1: Okay. And <laughs> um, what drink are you having with your starters?
2: So, uh, if it's not lashings of porn star martinis, I'll take um, pints of birra moretti. I like birra moretti. That's a good go-to. Um, although I feel like I probably don't want to get... If it's my final meal, I should probably stay off the alcohol until at least the main course. So non-alcoholic. Oh, I love meal. an apple-tizer. Yeah.
1: So you don't you don't get too drunk. It's perfect.
2: Exactly, yeah. And you don't... And like the bubbles and stuff can fill you up too much. Not that like 10 kilos of chicken wings wouldn't.
1: Well, then you can't get full. <laughs> this is the dream meal.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Don't. I wish that. I wish that was true.
1: Me too. (laughs) I I forgot you. I mean, as literally as soon as you said it, I missed the that you already ordered your drink. I was like, he's already prepared. (laughs) Good. Drinks come first. (laughs) That is true. I probably should have thought of that. (laughs)
2: That's all.
1: Okay. So, what are you having for your main or mains of choice?
2: So main, just one. I'm not going. I'm not going to. I'm not going multiple meals on this. It's just going to be one main. It's going to be a perfectly medium rare sirloin that's been basted with butter and garlic and rosemary, with all the sides: chips, onion rings, tomatoes, side salad, corn on the cob, all of that, washed down with some nice red wine or birra moretti or Porn star martinis or all of them.
1: I support this choice.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, choice. if it's the final meal, we're not really concerned about hangovers and mixing drinks. So if I can get away with drinking all three, then I'm going to do it.
1: Great plan. Great plan. Okay. So what is your side or sides of choice?
2: Sides. So, well, I've already had garlic bread for starters. So We'll have garlic bread again because you can never have too much garlic bread.
1: Exactly. We'll
2: have, we'll, have more, we'll have a side of mac and cheese, proper mac and cheese, loads of parmesan and truffle oil through that. And then Plenty. we should probably have something a bit healthy just to be, you know, just to equal it out a little bit. So maybe like a rocket and balsamic vinegar salad with maybe some parmesan shavings or something. Nice. I've said healthy and then what I've done is I've taken some salad leaves and drizzled it with vinegar and cheese which isn't the most healthy combination but hey final meal That's the meal. best way to eat salad <laughs> Exactly
1: And um, what drink are you having with your sides?
2: Oh you get a drink with your sides as well Um, of course
1: you do Of course you do Of
2: course you do I think if it's if it's the final meal I would love to have an ice cold but flat Pepsi Max that's one of my favourite drinks
1: Contrary
2: a flat Pepsi Max. <laughs> like, you know, when you have a big bottle of it, someone has a glass of it and then it sits in the fridge for about five days. Perfect.
1: See, I'm not judging you. I look like I was, but I wasn't sure whether to admit this or not. I also really like flat, fizzy drinks.
2: Exactly. I don't, I think the bubbles are too much sometimes. They're just, they're not enjoyable to drink.
1: They're okay if you're having them as a mixer. Yeah, true. But, when you're just having it as a fizzy drink, I'm a bit like, oh, quite intense.
2: Easily there. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think, um, I think as well, if it's too fizzy, it just makes you burp. Yeah. And as funny as it can be, sometimes it's not always pleasant.
1: I mean, I don't know. It's quite funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll go over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now for my favourite question: um, What are you having for your pudding or puddings of choice?
2: So I think for dessert it has to be you know when you go to a pub like a hungry horse or another chain or something like that yeah. and you see the big share of Sundays that come out in those tall glass um dishes, whatever you want to call them, but they're enough for about four people. Yeah. So like a whole table will order one to share. I want one of those, but I ain't sharing it.
1: What's this the this word with share and pudding?
2: Um I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it's got it's gotta have everything. It's gotta have the chocolate brownie pieces, cheesecakes, fruit, sauces, chocolate over the top of it, whipped cream, all the ice cream, nuts, dried fruit it's gotta have everything and just one spoon. Right.
1: And now I this
2: isn't in... Pardon what we say. No, no, nothing. That's all right.
1: No, so what I was going to say, this is a weird question. Would you prefer a big spoon or a small spoon to eat said massive ice cream?
2: Ooh. Well, there's a question I've never been asked. <laughs> I think a small spoon so that it takes longer to eat, longer to yeah. eat. Yeah. So you can enjoy it more. Yeah, definitely.
1: Because you have two options of the speed you were going to go, depending on That's true. which thing. Which I also yeah. haven't asked yeah. that question before. But I always I think, think it's a good it. question.
2: Yeah, I always
1: think
2: that. Now I think about it, I do often eat my desserts with a big spoon and I should probably eat them with a small spoon, number one, to stop me eating it so quickly. <laughs> but the issue is when I eat it so quickly, I still feel hungry afterwards because I've eaten it in about five seconds. I then start stealing everyone else's desserts <laughs> and that's frowned upon when you're out for dinner with family and friends. Like apparently that doesn't go down well. So maybe I should start using a small spoon.
1: Or order two desserts
2: or just order enough desserts for myself (laughs) 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 planning ahead that's what we like
1: exactly any other puddings
2: um or i mean i'll take a slice of baked cheesecake because i can i'll take an apple and blackberry crumble controversially with a granola topping um Mm -hmm. just to remind me of of good times um uh, with custard on the side as well, because you can't have a crumble with anything else other than custard. Let's be honest, everyone.
1: Are you having the crumble hot and the cold custard? Are you having warm custard? Oh,
2: no, no. Warm custard. Warm really?
1: custard.
2: Oh, absolutely. There's no arguing that one.
1: No controversial. way. So, no, apparently my version's controversial, but I'm greedy. So I would prefer so a what's hot your version? pudding. So you have yeah. a hot pudding and then cold custard. So you don't burn your mouth as much.
2: I can understand that. And the nice the nice contrast between hot and cold. Yeah, I can understand that.
1: Uh, I'm not making you change your answer. I was just saying because I'm greedy, when I have both things that are hot, not not great. Yeah, I can
2: I can understand it. However, I'm still having them both not hot, but warm.
1: Yeah. But the yeah. crumble's hot. So it's like slightly... crumble's hot. Yeah. The okay. crumble,
2: I- the, the, the The fruit itself can be warm. I'm not fussed how hot the crumble topping is. If that's room temperature, that's fine by me. But as long as the custard's warm, winner, winner, chicken dinner.
1: You know, I just thought, did you think you'd wake up today and think, I'm going to talk about the absolute specifics of crumble?
2: Uh, I can't say it was the first thing that was on my mind. I'm not angry that I'm discussing it at the same time.
1: And what drink are you having with your puddings? Or are you having any more puddings?
2: No, I'd say that's probably enough.
1: The massive sh- I can I can hear you now. You went. You froze. Can
2: you hear me? Oh, sorry. I, my signal must be poor as well.
1: Oh, great. Dream team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where did you go up to? Sorry.
1: What drink are you having with your puddings?
2: So, yeah, pudding-wise, that's it. That's the puddings done. I would have to have a coffee with it because I love coffee. I live off coffee. So I'd probably have a cappuccino or something. Uh, loads of chocolate on top probably a couple of sugars in there because why not and um yeah one of those would be nice maybe a bit of Baileys in it as well
1: ooh, ooh. push the boat out
2: perfect yeah why not last meal and all that
1: <laughs> exactly getting into the spirit of it
2: <laughs> exactly
1: so will you be partaking in a cheese board
2: absolutely i have a few stipulations though. Okay. So the cheese has to come from a company called Rennet and Rind, who are based locally to me. Um, The guy that runs it is a guy called Perry, and he supplies us with our cheeses at work. And I have learned no end of knowledge through him and through his Instagram page and all that sort of stuff. Um, His company is also known as Cheese Plus. So it's Cheese Plus and Rennet and Rind. One's like a wholesale type thing. One's a, I I don't know how he works out, but basically he takes cheeses from artisanal uh, cheese makers and he has a a humid and temperature controlled room where he's based and he hand turns them and hand washes them and matures them to certain profiles before he sells them. The man is a magician when it comes to cheese.
1: This guy sounds like someone I want to know.
2: He is phenomenal. Not only is he good with cheese, but he's got one of the best beards I've ever seen in my life. And every time I see him, I make sure I tell him I'm very <laughs> jealous of it. But yeah, as long as Perry's supplying some Baron by God, which is a soft cheese, mm. um, some Spark and Ho Blue, which is a blue cheese, well, a blue and an orange cheese. It's very vibrantly orange. And um, and what was the other one? There's a cheddar I like. I can't remember. Godminster Cheddar. If he gets me all three of those and whatever accompaniments he thinks goes with it, I'm all over it and I will eat the whole lot
1: speaking of accompaniments are you having bread or crackers
2: crackers no crackers
1: just crackers right yeah and do you put the butter on the crackers first or just cheese and cracker
2: you have to have butter on the crackers I'm sorry it's illegal if
1: you
2: if you you just have crackers with cheese on it fine but no Not good (laughs) No, you've got to have the butter. It's all about the butter. But it's got to be good butter as well. It yeah. can't just be... Definitely not margarine. 100% no. not margarine. has to be room temperature, spreadable butter from a a, a decent farm that produces it. I think that's the rules. That's, that's how it's got to be. If I ever get into power, I will enforce the law <laughs> that cheese and crackers must have a layer of butter on it or else...
1: Exactly. I completely agree. I've had this argument on the podcast before. I mean, um, many a time, because I think that you need butter before cheese. And yep. dear listeners, I am just showing Matty that I literally have crackers to hand.
2: Nice. Right nice. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Because I had cheese and crackers the other day and nice. I forgot to put them back in the cupboard. So,
2: what a shame, ho! Hey?
1: Oh no, oh no! And oh I have no. it with My favorite cheese. Well, I say, my favorite cheese. I have several favorite cheeses. One of my favorite cheeses is Port Salou. Oh,
2: Ah, very nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that with a Cars Melts original.
2: Very nice.
1: Is a dreamy combination.
2: That's what we um, like.
1: And if you're listening. Cars, please, please sponsor me. Um, <laughs> that Cars, hook us up. <laughs> but, yeah, can you imagine? Uh, we just never say up. never.
2: <laughs> stranger just things have happened. <laughs> yeah. we,
1: we turned up and our post boxes were, were, were full of crackers. The <laughs> <laughs> well, so
2: I mean, dream. Stranger things have happened.
1: Right, any other cheeses or are you good?
2: No, I'm good. As long as it's those three cheeses, Perry's got to sort chutneys? it out. Oh... Definitely red onion marmalade.
1: Oh, yeah?
2: Yeah. And then um, at work, we make this really nice... uh, What is it? It's like a Guinness chutney. Yeah. Really nice. It's got apple and grapes and onions in it, and it's slow cooked. Um, My friend and colleague, Shamim, has made the best one I've tasted so far. So if he can just make a massive batch of that and send it over, that would be fantastic.
1: (laughs) great plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, what drink are you having to end the whole meal?
2: Oh, with the or oh, with the cheese board or after the cheese after board, that's the, the question. After the cheese board. The cheese thought, board
1: oh, what drink are you having with the cheese board?
2: With the che- we'll have some port. It has yeah. to be port, doesn't it? It has to be. I don't care what one it has to be port. <laughs> yeah. But then to wrap up the meal, it would have to be a bottle of fresh a prosecco. Again, just a lot of good memories linked to it. It's a beautiful drink. And after about a glass and a half, I'm pretty tiddly. So (laughs) a whole bottle will probably send me to sleep.
1: Great for the final meal. Yeah, exactly. Depending on however you want to call it, your final meal, favourite meal, anything Yeah, I was
2: going to say, yeah, maybe let's go favourite meal. Final meal sounds a bit morbid, doesn't it? Like I'm on death row for doing something sinister. So we'll go favourite meal. (laughs)
1: It's up to you yeah
2: whatever whatever goes
1: <laughs> well thank you so much for telling me your favourite meal
2: favourite meal sounds amazing
1: <laughs> okay now for biscuit of the week so mm. what biscuits have you been eating this
2: week so I've eaten three different types of biscuits this week Good. which is a bit naughty to say so my the first one and it's my ultimate biscuit it's my favorite biscuit my go-to it's an all-rounder for dunking you can have them as a snack you can binge eat them if you're sad chocolate hobnob milk chocolate hobnob yeah um specifically the the supermarket owned brand um ones i prefer over like the McVees ones really yeah, I think I think the, the, the supermarket own brands are a little bit saltier. Really? And that combination of salty and milk chocolate is just, oh, I love it. It's perfect. And then what else have I eaten? So I've been eating cookies at work when they've been available to eat. So we make our own cookies and roll them and freeze them and cut them and bake them when we need them. And we use the, um, uh, the Millie's Cookies recipe, which you can find on the BBC Good Food page. Really? And with the ingredients... Yeah, it's so good. And then we use, um, use calabao chocolate at work. So the mixture of their milk chocolate and then the cookie mix itself is just, I love it. I have to, if I eat one that comes back, I then have to make sure I put the others away or else I will eat the entire box in one sitting. It's dangerous.
1: Easily done.
2: Oh yeah. And then, then the third one, again, another cookies, but Maryland cookies. So, you know, the really shiny red packet of cookies you get. I love yeah. them. Um, we, we were eating them at lunch time today with a cup of tea dunking them in i'm just having a nice time and um and i love the chocolate chips in them because they don't seem to melt
1: see, that's that's where i think they have a downside but that's my personal opinion um
2: but see then um, it comes back to the whole you know you get your hot you get your your warm biscuit which has gone slightly mushy from the tea but then you still get your crunchy chocolate in it true. i don't know texture thing maybe
1: maybe and what do you rate each of those out of 10?
2: Chocolate Hobnob, 10 out of 10, without fail. Yeah. The work cookies, I feel like I need to rate them 10 out of 10 because I make them. Yeah. <laughs> However, compared to a Chocolate Hobnob, we'll go 9 out of 10 because there can only be one top biscuit. And okay. then the Maryland will come in third place. We'll give them a 7.5, and 8 out of 10.
1: Yeah.
2: Purely because they're so small, maybe. If they were, like, double the size, they'd be a 9, 9.5... they were the size of my face we'd be laughing
1: yeah that'd be great
2: (laughs) yeah i'd like that be very dangerous i'd probably be much bigger than i am already but worth it
1: (laughs) See, that's how i feel about the james patisserie cookies have you tried that recipe i haven't right well have
2: i i think maybe i might have there's a lot of james patisserie uh, recipes i've tried especially during lockdown um, but I forget whose recipe has come from where. So potentially, mm.
1: her New York City, so NYC cookie recipe, the the, the original one before the other like adaptations and different chocolates and whatever, yeah, is so delicious. I bet and lethal because they're so good. <laughs> you just end up eating them all, well, I do. I
2: see. This is it. Yeah, I can't. Being being someone that's a very enthusiastic baker it is dangerous because I really enjoy everything I make Me too. (laughs) like during lockdown I was baking uh, and then safely because obviously we're in a lockdown but I was giving them to my neighbours as well like over the fence and stuff so I've got there's two young kids and their mum that live next door so I would message her on Facebook and say look I've made these do the kids want some yeah yeah sure hand them over the fence and um that was, you know, a gesture of goodwill and just me being nice, but at the same time, me looking out for myself so that I didn't just slam myself into a diabetic coma every day.
1: <laughs> oh, that, I mean, I could talk about baking recipes forever, but I won't. Um, but I will say have you tried um, any Finch Bakery recipes?
2: I follow Finch Bakery on Instagram phenomenal love what they're doing haven't tried their cookie recipe though
1: their baking book Mm. is my current fave
2: oh is it okay okay interesting maybe i'll need to have a look it's
1: so good i've spoken at length way too many times about how much i like their baking book but (laughs) must be good then it's fab and i i love the layout of it as well because if they have the first page for the cake section is the full size cake yeah. The next one is how to make it as a cake jar and as cupcakes.
2: Okay, yeah. Cake jars are really popular at the moment, aren't they?
1: Yeah. I'm liking I haven't it. made one yet.
2: I haven't made one yet, and actually, shame to say, haven't had one yet. Yeah. Um although I yeah, I need to change that. God damn, Matty, what are you doing? I need right. to change that.
1: We need to fix that.
2: Anyone cake jars, get at us, let us know. <laughs> and uh, we'll let you know what we think.
1: The only one that comes to mind is an M and S one.
2: The Colin the Caterpillar one, isn't it? Or the Percy yeah. Pig one? Ooh, ooh! Now I see it. That's a that's an Instagram post coming up. That is. On you my know account. what's
1: going to happen is we'll have to be Twice like this. Tomorrow. We finally did it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can plan it after this yeah. goes out. We'll be like, look, no, we did it. We did it, guys.
1: Guys. Yeah. It's fine. Mm. We tried it.
2: Not a bad idea. Mm.
1: Great. Okay. Well, that went on a tangent, but that was my fault. Hey. Thank you for telling me. Your favorite biscuits of the week. You're welcome. Okay. So do you have any local businesses you would like to give a shout out to?
2: I feel like I've already given some of them a shout-out. So there's obviously Perrot at Perrot, Perry at Rennet and Rhines, <laughs> uh, Herbie's American Diner as well. There's so many new local businesses that have popped up during COVID around where I live as well. Um, but one of the companies that was around before. Um, And they've been supplying me at the job I'm currently in now and my previous job is a company called Cambridge Juice Company. And they make all of their own uh, home-pressed juices. So my favourite is an orange and clementine juice. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. You can have that any time of the year. And they also supply um, products from a company called Glebe Farm, who specialise in gluten-free products and alternative milk products so wow. did you see recently there is the big case against oatly or oatly yes. were trying to sue another oat milk so it was glebe farm they were trying to they were taken to court no naturally way. Oatly lost which we're all thankful for um but i love their oat milk because again it's gluten free it's obviously dairy free i'll use it at work to make custards and hot chocolates and stuff like that for our vegan guests um so i love them and what they're doing um, when we were thinking about cake jars, I will just say it's popped into my head. There's two, um, two friends of mine who have also, I don't think, started up during COVID, but had cake businesses before. And so one of them is called Louise, who's at Lou's Sweet Treats. And then another one is Lexi, who's at Lexi Pastry. And they both do um, amazing cakes from home. Um, and I think, I don't know why, I think Lexi does cake jars. I'm not sure. They both do everything, to be fair um wedding cakes cupcakes cookies brownies brookies all of it and i've tried my f- fair share from both and Great again probably have. the reason why i'm as big as i am yeah i mean ah, oh, they're, they're just lovely people as well Um, happy to help out wherever like, wherever they can
1: Recipe testing
2: of oh. exactly yeah and ideas and stuff as well um there's a lady in a couple of villages away from me started a micro bakery as well really? in her own home so you know how everyone tried to do sourdough at the start of lockdown myself included i got bored and gave up me yeah this lady called alice alice brown perfected it and has started making absolute waves through cambridge with her with her sourdough and all of her other products she runs a company called at raised in rampton and rampton is the village where she lives and she is just phenomenal she won an award lately for a small independent company i think it's called a, a muddy stiletto or something yes. like that yeah
1: we have and again she's she's,
2: she's yeah she's become a good friend again as well and like sometimes we'll talk about ideas and stuff that she can use and um my dad loves a sourdough so far hers is his favorite and that's really? something so big shout out to her she's amazing for what she does um and again just a lovely person as they all are i think everyone that makes food around here is who else is there I can shout out Probably food trucks are very popular at the moment. we got loads of them around here. Chicken burgers, beef burgers, and all that sort of stuff. We didn't really have a sushi or Japanese-style food truck until my friend Moz decided that he was going to start a business called Areno. And um, he's now driving around in an old ambulance that he's had wrapped in it's bright... No, not bright purple, but it's just... Massive and purple.
1: That's so um, cool.
2: Doing Japanese, it is the coolest thing ever. He's got a robata grill in the back, which gets up to about eight hundred degrees in the no back way. of a van. I mean, no the first way. time around bless him, when he took a uh, delivery of the van, the first use, I think the roof melted or something along those lines because it was so hot. So it went back, oh, and God. it's it's now back, and he's he's often around uh, around Cambridge all the time in it. So he does like Japanese and um, barbecue skewers. And then um, he started off doing sushi. I don't think it, it it either didn't take off or didn't work quite as well. So he's now doing poke bowls. So everything Ooh, you want in sushi, nice. just in a bowl. Um, and that is going down a storm and everyone's loving that. And actually it's been really nice to see the process because he was lovely enough to share with me design ideas for the truck and, and layout ideas and, and stuff like that. So I feel like I've been on the process with him. Um and to see the stories and stuff on his Instagram of him going out and about and people leaving lovely reviews is really, really quite touching. Um and I hope I hope I can get out there sometime with him and, and help him out. It's just our schedules always seem to clash.
1: <laughs>
2: always. is. I mean, like, you know, we try to we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> That's but just life, isn't it? Life gets we've, busy.
1: We've finally recorded the episode.
2: Yeah, exactly. We're gonna break Instagram. <laughs> um <laughs> And then, yeah, I I think one more company, there's a company called Waffle & Co. Um, Two ladies, Anna and Tori, set up, again, I think it was at the start of lockdown, maybe just a bit before, and they've got, I want to say, it's a horse box, that's been converted to to sell waffles and stuff like that and Mm. i think they're currently building a second vehicle a much larger vehicle and they go around to all of these fabulous events doing sweet and savory waffles so you know your classic like the one i tried first time around was a um a fried chicken naturally love fried chicken with um with like chive whipped butter and maple syrup and all that sort of stuff and i remember i left them a review and i said my beard was so sticky it was just messy hell and I loved it and I've always gone back every time I can and um they're great I mean they've done parties for like TOWIE I think they were at a filming for TOWIE as well no they've done, which I thought was pretty cool when I saw it and they do loads of private events and and stuff like that so they're really they're really kicking off as well and they're perfect
1: well thank you for all of those recommendations you're all the welcome they sound amazing
2: they are. I mean, there's loads more I could go into, but again, there's just not enough time in the world to talk about them all. I'm sure there's friends of mine who will listen to this and go, Matty, you forgot about my business. I'm really sorry, but I could only pick a few. <laughs>
1: you know what? We'll have a part two. You can reel all of them off. Yeah. I'll
2: just send you a massive list. I'll put it all on a spreadsheet for you. Do what you want with it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all there.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> You're welcome.
1: Okay. So where can people find you?
2: so people can find me at Matty makes munch. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook or Twitter, just Instagram. Um, it's just a bit of fun for me. It's very nice. I needed something to, uh, break apart my private Instagram and my foodie Instagram. I've been thinking of doing it for a little while. I had a logo for it and everything saved on my phone. And then it was Amy. She said to me, you know, she's like, if you want to do it, you should do it. And so, One day I was just sat there and I thought, yeah, let's do it, set it up. And then here we are a year and a bit later and it's it's, it's going well and I'm enjoying it, loving it. Met loads of new people, loads of new friends. And yeah, I'm a bit guided I didn't start it earlier, to be fair.
1: Yeah, but I think, I mean, as much as all of us um, had such a hard time in lockdown, I do Mm. think that the foodie community grew a whole lot because loads of people were cooking more and then everyone fell in love with cooking more at home
2: yeah. and
1: loads of people started a food blog in lockdown and so many foodies so many foodies that weren't there before have joined the foodie community and it's just so lovely true.
2: And, and and i think i'm one of them i think i started mine during lockdown it was august last year i started it so we were already what however many months into mm-hmm. coronavirus as a thing um and you know, as a chef i did have quite a lot of time off work Um yeah. i did struggle mentally with it i did you know at the same time there was there was some great moments that happened through lockdown but i think having matty makes munch and especially while i was off work i made sure i was doing something daily to post gave mm-hmm. me something to do exactly. and um so so for a little while it was treated like a job yeah. um but now it's just somewhere i can i can research all my chefs i can stay up to date i can stay on trend but i can also you know Share, mingle with other foodies and stuff like that, and and, and do things like this, which I love.
1: Definitely. And um, thank you for creating the food blog, which will be linked in the description because it is fab. And a lot of the time I go, you know what, I should make that. And I never get around to doing it. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> going to make that. yet. So I'll actually, you need to hold me to it, and I'll, I'll eventually make something. You
2: make something from You make something from the grid And you let me know And I'll let you know What I think about it How about that
1: You'll be like That is terrible
2: We'll do like We'll do like a proper Greg Wallace and John From MasterChef Kind of Evaluation of the dish Can you imagine
1: Not on a live Ah
2: Oh Christ Oh, Let's do it Let's pencil that in
1: Podcast live Not Not daily Well Not daily blog Yeah (laughs) no we don't need that many people seeing me suffer with the consequences of my actions
2: i'm sure you'd be absolutely fine
1: right well thank you so so much for coming on the podcast it's been so lovely to chat about all things food with you
2: thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed it
1: um who knows maybe you'll come back on the podcast another time and tell me all of your other food favorites
2: i'd love to yeah see what changes in a year's time Exactly. Something like that. Sounds perfect.
1: Thanks again.
2: Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.
0: How great was that episode with Matty? I hope you enjoyed it half as much as I enjoyed chatting to him about all his food favourites and food recommendations and the amount of local food businesses. If you're ever in need, just, just check the description box. That, I can tell you, was very fun to write. As you can probably tell by the length of this episode, it is quite a long one, but I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're having a lovely day. So, if you haven't already checked out Matty's food blog via the links in the description box, his username on Instagram is mattymakesmunch. So, check him out because he's a lovely person and the food he makes looks amazing every time if you have enjoyed this episode why not subscribe to butcher baker podcast maker on your podcast playing platform because then you will be in the know for every episode that comes out every sunday up until the season ends so that's very exciting if you ask me And if you've enjoyed this episode enough that you want to share that you've enjoyed this episode, why not share on social media or send it to one of your friends? That would be lovely. If you are interested in finding out a bit more about the podcasts, my food favourites of that week, uh, recommendations, restaurant reviews, why not follow Butcher Baker Podcast Maker on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok? I say TikTok, but I haven't posted on there in a while. But Instagram, always doing something. So if you'd like to see what the podcast is up to, well, I say the podcast, what I'm up to on the podcast Instagram, why not take a look? Because... There are always food polls and I post content in the week about recipes I've been loving and you never know, you might want to try them too. So I hope you're having a lovely day whilst you're listening to this and I will speak to you soon. So
2: bye!
1: baker
0: podcast maker the food podcast series where we get
1: to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy from recipe favorites to biscuit chat